Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Group of Five Live is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest sports and casino vendors in the United States. We've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry Football Conference Call podcast listeners. Here's what you do. Go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page, and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. Five Live is part of the Landry Football Network. My name is Chris Mykoski, and up until this point, I had been bringing you two episodes a week of this show, one on Mondays to recap the weekend that was, and then another on Fridays to look ahead to the weekend that will be. But my schedule is now a lot more regimented. Um, <laughs> I was doing the podcast on top of my game broadcasts, plus grad school, plus actually attempting to be around as a, a husband and father and a son and everything else <laughs> that I want to do well. But uh, now, I've also added a full-time job, so uh, I'll be working in the public relations office at a local school district, and there's just not enough time in the week to do two episodes of the podcast, and I hope at the very least I can still bring you one per week. I don't want to give this up. I've really enjoyed it, especially getting to know 
broadcasters from all of these different group of five schools. We've had some great conversations throughout the season. I don't want that to end. So plan is right now to tape one episode per week. Not exactly sure what day of the week it'll come, but for this week, it's a Friday morning show. We're looking ahead to the weekend. And my guest today, excited to have him, is Mo Egger. He is the pregame, halftime, and postgame show host on the Cincinnati Radio Network. And the Bearcats are coming off a signature win, beating SMU here just down the road from me, beating them on the hilltop in Dallas, 42-13, to in what was dubbed as the Group of Five Game of the Year. It came after a three-week layoff for Cincinnati. And, of course, the winner of the American is very, very important because the champion in that league has represented the Group of Five in a New Year's Six Bowl in four of the last six years. Now, full disclosure, I am going to grad school right now through the University of Cincinnati. So I follow the Bearcats a little bit more than some of the other group of five teams, but my journalism ethics overrule everything else. Try to look at them with an unbiased eye for the show. <laughs> Uh, just like I would if I was calling one of their games. But uh, nonetheless, they've been one of the top-ranked teams in the Group of Five all season long, and we have yet to have them in the spotlight on Group of Five Live. That finally happens today. Mo Egger from the UC Radio Network, highlighting the Cincinnati Bearcats on Group of Five Live. Mo, a 29-point margin of victory in Dallas last weekend. Biggest victory over a ranked team in UC history. We talk about the three-week layoff, and I think there's there was probably a lot of bit of worry that the Bearcats would come out rusty, but they looked anything but. Yeah, I mean, I we we were talking on the post-game show about whether or not that was the most impressive win of Luke Fickle's tenure at UC, and and I think it was for for the obvious reasons, 29 point win on the road against a ranked team. That's, that's hard to do. That's hard to do in any year, but you, well, you take, you take everything that sort of went into the, to the game that the 21 day layoff, the first road game with these, you know, weird travel protocols that everybody's dealing with Cincinnati's first three weeks, they had played. Okay. But, but offensively, um, they had left a lot to be desired and you kind of wondered if they were going to be able to match up a, a high powered SMU offense. Um, they've, they've gotten off to slow starts in games or had gotten off to slow starts in games prior to Saturday. And even if you go back to last year, they won 11 games and yet still they would go on the road and allow teams that they should beat, uh, allow those teams to hang in a little bit too long. Heck they did it the last time they played SMU on the road, uh, two years ago. And so I, I, there was, there was some skepticism about Saturday night. Uh, they were underdogs in the game and yet defensively they were dominant. They got off to a great start. Um, I, I think it would be unfair to say that they never took their foot off the gas, but they played from ahead the entire game. And I, I think for, for people around the country who 
really didn't know that much about UC football. I think they were introduced to a defense that is legit and, and not just legit in the American athletic conference, a defense that I think can more than hold its own in power five leagues that was on display on Saturday night. Yeah. I wish we would have gotten to see full strength SMU versus full strength Cincinnati. TJ McDaniel was a huge loss for them. Reggie Roberson out of their lineup as well. But, you know, they brought what they could play with. And Shane Bouchelle, he's going to give most teams a lot of trouble. What do you think was the biggest reason that Cincinnati was able to contain him so well? Their their defense is doing a great job of playing off of each other. It's It sounds so cliche, but you, it, you when you have a – when you have an okay secondary, it becomes a good secondary when you're getting pressure on the quarterback. Majay Sanders at defensive end was was dominant. And it it not it's not necessarily reflected in the, the box score, but continually was apply, was applying pressure, um, created opportunities for some of his teammates to get sacks, and their secondary is anything but okay. It's going to be really good. It is very good with guys like James Wiggins and Ahmad Gardner. Uh, you you add to that mix a front that's applying pressure and linebackers in front of that group that is playing as well as Jarrell white in that group are playing this defense right now doesn't really have a weakness. It it really was, I think the entirety of what they do on the defensive side of the ball. And and look, I I think it helped that they played from ahead. Um, Not that they necessarily made SMU one dimensional. In in fact, there were times near the goal line where I was wondering why Sonny Dykes uh, didn't have Shane Bouchelle throw the football, but it's, it's easier when you've got a great defense, they're made even better when they can play from ahead and and when they can kind of limit what the offense can do. And I think, I think you saw that on Saturday. And I think the fun thing is I, I talked with my Jay Sanders today. Um, who's, who sort of intimated that, look, we're, we're just starting to scratch the surface of what we can do. We we've got guys who are just getting comfortable within our system. Uh, we're just getting a guy like James Wiggins back from injury. He didn't play at all last year. Our, our linebackers are really starting to just, you know, find their roles in a defense where that was the one position where they were replacing guys who left last year. That's a scary proposition. If you watched him against SMU and you start to think, man, could, could this defense get better? Um, that's, I think that's, that's a, that's a dicey prop for, uh, for, for the, the remaining teams they have on their schedule. Yeah. And we'll obviously talk more about Memphis here in a minute and, you know, the tough schedule that is coming up for the Bearcats, but right off the top, of the broadcast uh, between Cincinnati and SMU, ESPN sideline reporter, a friend of mine, Chris Budden, mentioned a potential quarterback controversy and more fan sports radio driven maybe with Desmond Ritter. Then he goes out and wins the Walter Camp Player of the Week <laughs> Award and shut everybody up. Yeah, you know, um, I think the word controversy doesn't really apply because to me, controversy sort of suggests that internally there's a a debate. There are questions about who the starting quarterback is going to be. I don't think it's a debate. I I thought it was I thought it was was telling for fans who are paying attention to this from the outside that on on Luke Fickle's at Luke, Luke Fickle's Tuesday press conference before the SMU game he wasn't asked one question about the quarterback situation because there really isn't a quarterback situation. Now you'll find a lot of UC fans, whether it's talk radio, uh, social media, that kind of thing who have been thirsting for uh, fickle to turn things over to Ben Bryan at some point. And I, I do understand that. And and I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I've, I haven't lent my voice to that at times. Um, th- there's a couple of different things here. Number one, Desmond Ritter, uh, has won a lot of football games, but but he's he's got limitations as a thrower. 
he just does. And there were times last season where you feared that it was going to catch up to this team. Um, he makes a lot of plays with his legs. You saw it against SMU, nearly 180 yards rushing. But this offseason, they retooled, I think, an area that really kind of represented their biggest deficiency, which was at wide receiver. And we kind of thought, okay, well, if, you know, Des, maybe his skill set isn't going to progress to the level that he's suddenly a great thrower, but they're going to have more guys on the outside. They're going to be able to do more. They're going to be able to squeeze more out of the passing game because of the talent they have at wide receiver that, frankly, they didn't have last year. Over the first three games, we never really saw that. We saw Des play pretty unevenly, uh, missed a lot of throws, missed a lot of wide open guys, let USF hang in a game longer than they should have probably let army hang in that game that they won in week two a little bit longer than they should have. So there's, I think there's a degree of, of just impatience with Des that's rooted in, I think the understanding that just there are limitations with him as a thrower. And then you combine some pretty shaky performances naturally uh, that's going to cause fans to wonder, okay, is there somebody else? Well, Ben Bryant played last year. Um, He's a kid who's been on this roster for a while. Des Ritter, suffered an injury last year that kept him out of the regular season finale. Ben started that game on the road against Memphis and played well, Um, had moments that would make you think, yep, this is this guy's first ever college start, but you just saw arm talent. You just saw him make throws that we hadn't seen from Desmond Ritter all season long. So I think fans remember that they see Des's limitations and, and let's face it this season, um, it is perhaps unfair to say that it's going to be a failure if they don't go undefeated. That's an incredibly high standard to hold yeah, a team Yeah, I was to. going to get to that later. It just seems like it's New Year's Six or bust. Right. So that's how most fans feel. That means there's no margin for error, which means mm-hmm. you can't afford to have your quarterback have a bad game. So I, I, I don't think Des was ever in danger of losing his job. I think it would have been interesting to see what they would have done when, when he played Again, pretty unevenly against USF. Ben Bryant was unavailable that day. I think it would have been interesting to see what Luke Fickle would have done. But Luke has been steadfastly loyal to Des Ritter. There were times often last year where in our broadcast booth, uh, we would talk openly um, during breaks and sometimes on the air about, okay, it's halftime. Does Luke pull the trigger? Do we see Ben Mm -hmm. Bryant? And until his hand was forced because of the injury, the answer was always no. He stayed with Des so what Saturday night did is if, if, if Desmond Ritter already had pretty solid footing, a pretty solid grip on, on the starting quarterback job, it just, it became even stronger, yeah. but it's worth pointing out the majority of what he did against SMU came on the strength of his legs. The question we all have is what happens when he has to make throws. And yeah. I think at some point we're going to get the answer to that question, whether it's a positive or negative answer that remains to be seen, but at some point he's going to have to provide that answer. If this team is going to go where everybody here wants it to go. You mentioned the retooling of the receivers had one of them come back into the lineup this past weekend and Alec Pierce, and he only made three catches, but is he going to be a bigger presence going forward? You know, the one thing that in recent years, this, this offense hasn't been able to do it's, it's, you know, take the top off of defenses. Um, but it, it felt like one time per game, Alec Pierce did that. Um, he, he was the one guy that like, you know, you would look at the box score at the end of a UC game, win or lose, and, and you wouldn't see, you know, many guys with really gaudy receiving totals, but then you would see like Alec Pierce, one catch, 44 yards. Hmm. He was the one guy. So um, 
I, I don't I don't know that you're going to see him with a, an overabundance of receptions, but if they do take shots downfield, if you're looking for the Bearcat that in a given week has the longest reception, he's a pretty good candidate, and they, they've been without him for a couple of weeks. Uh, in some respect, I guess that's that's the one positive to the long layoff they had that, that Alec was able to work his way back. And, yeah, um, when when he's on the field, uh, y- you have to think that that somewhere along the line they would like to challenge a defense deep because that's that's what he's pretty good at. You mentioned what Desmond did with his feet was the biggest part of why Cincinnati's offense did well this past weekend. And you had two guys making their first starts on the offensive line. Now that Jake Renfro and Dylan O'Quinn have that start behind them, hopefully getting a little bit more meshed into that unit. That seems to be also another thing where you're talking about how good this team can be. Uh, How big a piece uh, will that be? uh, Just the line play. I think the line play for this team, if they could achieve what they couldn't early last year, um, it's it's really going to be a bonus because I don't have the exact statistic in front of me, but I think over the first six or seven games, they had six or seven uh, offensive line combinations. And and frankly, it, it, it might've ended up being, you know, 11 or 12, but mm. I mean, I, I remember, I remember chatting with an offensive lineman last year uh, for the pregame show. And, and I, I kind of paused when I, I introduced him and I go, what, what position are you playing this week? At one point he had played <laughs> everywhere on the offensive line. I think there there's, it's like every team in college football, if there's one area where they want some degree of continuity, it's, it's that. And, sure. and I think obviously the Bearcats are no exception. It's something they did not enjoy last season. It's something that to this point in the year, up until the game against SMU, they had at least had some continuity there. And if they do, I think that unit has the possibility, has the possibility of being a strength of this team. Um, and I, I think you saw that for the most part on Saturday night. Three straight home games coming up with Memphis, Houston, and ECU. Those first two especially will be big challenges and that's going to really determine where Cincinnati goes this season whether it's New Year's Six still in the cards or whether we're talking about a lower tier American tie-in bowl game given what happened versus Cincinnati uh, excuse me against Memphis last year those last two ball games I assume this is something that every single person on this team has had circled since last December the ability to get revenge against the Tigers and hopefully it with that really claim their spot atop the conference yeah I mentioned I, I talked with my Jay Sanders uh, earlier today and 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 he talked about the, the two games they played last year for those who don't know they uh, played in Memphis in the regular season finale in a game that determined where the conference championship game was going to play. Memphis won that game. And so the very following week, mm-hmm. Cincinnati had to go to Memphis and play the Tigers again. And, and Brady White let him down the field, uh, Memphis, late in the game. The, the Tigers won. Cincinnati ended up getting relegated to the Birmingham Bowl, which is um, nothing against the fine folks in Birmingham. That's that's not what you want when no, no. <laughs> you're, you're the you, runner up in your league. So right. Arlington uh, or Birmingham. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, so I'm born payoff, and raised Arlington. You have to know yeah. that. And I, but I've been to Birmingham far too many times and I don't want to be there any longer than I have yeah, to be. Yeah. And, and frankly, financially, there's a much market difference uh, b- between the two bowl games, but, but yeah, that it, it, it was a storybook season for the Bearcats, but 
the one wart were the two losses against uh, against Memphis that defined the season that, that kept them out of the college football playoff. It prevented them from winning a or not the college football playoff, but a New Year's uh, six sure. bowl game. Um, it, it prevented them from winning a, a conference championship. And that was the goal last year. So, yeah, a lot of the particulars are different. Memphis has had opt outs, guys who have graduated, new head coach, all that stuff. But this is i think i think from a player standpoint and if if there's a game on the schedule that you just wish fans could have been allowed at nippard stadium for this would have been it right um you yeah. know we're kind of deep into the season noon kickoff nippert and in the fall is just awesome you know maybe at that point it's not even a noon game but but this is this is a game that i think fans have been frothing at the mouth for since last season ended and i i know Every Bearcat fan that I've talked to has uh, has is really looking forward to, to Saturday. And I think if they can get past this one, you talked about, you know, they're, they're home for a while. Uh, Houston here next week, East Carolina on the 13th. If if they win this game on on Saturday, they're already up to number seven in the polls. I, I think you're you're going to hear and read a lot more about this team than you already have so far. And they certainly got a lot of national run for what they did against SMU. Yeah, and I'm going to a grad school online through UC right now for a sport management degree. And, you know, the whole plan before COVID was to <laughs> actually visit campus for the first time this fall, pick out a good weekend to go for an important game. And this probably would have been it. Uh, this this would have been the perfect time to, to be a nipper for the first time. And uh, the whole thing sucks for in so many ways, but <laughs> yeah. just another, another thing we're missing out on is a, is a full stadium this weekend for what should be a just huge game. And, you know, on that same wavelength, you know, we're talking about New Year's Six. We've mentioned it several times. Yeah. But given where they are in the rankings, ultimately what the AP voters are saying makes no difference at all. It's about the people in the room making the decisions on the committee is there, you know, the kids can't think about it yet. The coaches can't think about it yet, but among fans up there, is there, are there dreams about maybe if one thing goes right or another, that this could be the first group of five team to break into the playoff. It's, it's really the only thing fans talk about with the exception <laughs> of who should play quarterback. And it, it it's sort of, it sort of launched in, you know, to a different level when it looked like the big 10 wasn't going to play and Cincinnati was going to be the only Ohio school playing. And okay, well, if the big 10's not going to play and the PAC 12, isn't going to play and we still have a college football playoff, they've got to take four teams. Why not an right. undefeated Cincinnati right. squad? Obviously things have changed. And, and you know, um, we're, I think we're all glad the big 10 is playing. If, if you live in this part of the country, um, that's an important piece uh, on the, the, the collegiate sport landscape. But, but yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I think sometimes we talk about it a little bit too dismissively, like, you know, this, what if, what, what if they're undefeated? It's like, you know, how hard that is to do. I mean, it, it, even yeah. in a shortened season, even when you're not playing, you know, anybody from a power five league, it's really, it's really hard to do as, as good as the Bearcats have been over the last two seasons, they haven't even won a conference championship outright. So you've, you've got to, you've got to do that. You've got to get to a conference championship game, win a conference championship game, and then hope that the people on the selection committee somehow look at your resume and value you more than maybe a one loss team from a, a power five uh, conference, that kind of thing. But it's fun that we're having that conversation and you know, look, all, all you can do is 
I mean, this, this is hardly a groundbreaking analysis, but, but all you can do is control your part sure, and enter yourself into the conversation. And I think they've got a shot to do that. What, what the committee would do with them. I, I, I remain skeptical that a group of five school is ever going to be invited just because the membership of the college football playoff is, or are the, the power five conferences. So it's, it's hard for me to believe that they're going to invite an outsider to their party, but you know what? I, I do. I do a three hour talk show every afternoon. I would I would love to spend a week talking about that. I would I would love to be able to make Cincinnati's case. Yeah. Uh, I, I would I would I would love to bang on the table and say this team deserves it. And and I thought that what happened on Saturday was significant for their case. Not not that they can really make it yet, obviously, but. You know they were going to play Nebraska. They were going to play Nebraska. I can't even say that. they were going to play Nebraska this year in yeah. Lincoln. That was their shot, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to make it as a Group of Five school, you got to be able to point to a a win against a Power Five conference school. Well, Nebraska maybe would have been right for the taking. We don't know that that game comes off the schedule. So what do you have to do in your league? You got to go undefeated, but you got to win emphatically. And in their toughest game so far. You know, the game was a little bit closer than I think the final score would indicate, but but in, in, in their biggest game to date, they win by four touchdowns. So that's what's going to have to happen. I mean, I've, I've, I've talked about it on my, my radio show this week. Hey, look, uh, you, you're happy with a, a 28 to 27 victory, but when you're a group of five school and you've got to somehow differentiate yourself from, you know, who knows who, uh, Notre Dame or a one-loss SEC team or somebody like that or a Big Ten team that played – uh, fewer games, you, you got to be able to, to, to leave, you know, no, no opening for somebody to come in and say, well, yeah, but you only beat this school by so many points. And so um, I don't think that means Luke Fickle's going to needlessly run up the score against anybody, but I think they're, I think they're acutely aware of the fact that for those purposes, for the purposes of being in that conversation, simply going 11 and 0 um, might not be enough. And so that's what they, that's why what they did on Saturday, I, I thought was important. And it's why I think they've got to win this game against Memphis by, if not a lopsided margin, at least a comfortable one. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, last thing, and I'll let you go. I'm just curious, how in the world does Dan Horde do it? How, how, <laughs> how do you handle college and NFL every single week? And only three guys do that. And Dan's yeah. one of them voice of the Bearcats and the Cincinnati Bengals. I just, the amount of work that top level play-by-play guys do to get ready for one game is yeah. enough. How in the world uh, does he do it for two a week? So let me guess really quickly. The other two are Bill Hillgrove. Yes. And uh, uh, at Florida State, that guy. Gene Deckerhoff. Uh, Gene Deckerhoff mm-hmm. does Florida the Florida State and the Bucks. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on top of all that, Dan is also the voice of the UC basketball team. So normally he's getting ready for this stretch in uh, November where you've got UC basketball, UC football and the Bengals. And, you know, sometimes there, there are conflicts. Uh, first of all, he's a remarkable play-by-play guy. He's, he's one of the best there is. I, um, Dan went into the university of Cincinnati hall of fame last year. And I was, I was as somebody who's worked with Dan for a long time. Uh, one of the, the local beat writers, you know, was, asking folks for uh, a blurb or two on Dan Horde. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you can go on social media, you can go on the internet, you can find people, you can find people who think Vin Scully stinks, you know, <laughs> I mean, you can. And, yeah. and I said, I said, yeah, it's There's a troll for every situation. 
Right. Uh, and yet I've never heard, seen, or read anybody say, you know, that horde guy really sucks. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's legitimately, that's the greatest compliment I think you can be paid. If, if nobody finds any issue with your work um, and I'm, I'm talking about like people in our business, I'm talking about fans. I'm talking about internet trolls. I've never met anybody who thought Dan's not very good or boy, he's a rough listen. It's a great question. I, I, I sometimes I marvel at his energy. I mean, you know, we, we, we played a game at, uh, on Saturday night, we got off the air at 1am. Uh, and then, you know, there he is the next day on the air at, at 1130, getting ready for a Bengals game and, and calling it, uh, in a, in an entertaining, informative, uh, manner. And uh, he's, you know, for, for, for those who, who aren't familiar with Dan's work, he's the best I've ever heard at setting up his color guy. And he's had a different variety of color guys across all these sports over the years. Uh, he's, and you know, on top of all that hosting coaches shows podcasts for the Bengals, He's got two different Bengals specific talk shows he's on every week. Wow. I, I mean, I, I I don't know how he does all that. And it's one thing to do it all. It's 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 another thing to do all that stuff at a really high level. And Dan's level of broadcast performance is at a place that very few of us could even dream of attaining. I really hope he doesn't hear this because I <laughs> would say any of this to his face, but it is all true. I was going to tag him. Come on. We, he's, we got to, we got to let him know, uh, you know, I'm sure his ears are bleeding right now. Uh, yeah. hearing you talk about this, but, uh, really do appreciate the time. Mo. Uh, again, I I've been, I've waited a little while to have Cincinnati kind of be the spotlight of an episode simply because, you know, I do have the tie in. I don't want to seem biased that I'm spotlighting <laughs> a team where I'm going to grad school, but for two, you know, they looked like they would be the front runner. So give it a little space, give some other teams some love and let Cincinnati come in at, at this point after what so far has been the signature win and uh, another one potentially coming up this weekend against the Memphis Tigers. But uh, Mo, again, appreciate your time. Hope to see you down the road and there's possibility I could see you in Arlington, I suppose, in January. That would be, that would be fun. I'm glad you, uh, you spent some time on Cincinnati. I'm, I'm biased, but, uh, this is a really good program. It's, it's, uh, there's a ton of Cincinnati kids, Luke fickle, the job he's done turning around this program for what it was, you know, four years ago has been, has been really fun to watch. And, uh, I think he's going to be here for a while. And I, I think this program is going to be a, a force, uh, in the AAC among power, among a group of five schools. And, and, and maybe at some point they can, they can be the first in the college football playoff era to, to be in the final four. And, and uh, for those of us who have followed this program for a long time, uh, that, would be, that would be something. So maybe this is the year, and if it is, I hope you have me back. Big thanks to Mo for joining us. And again, if the Bearcats keep this up, I'm sure we'll have Mo back later in the season, or maybe Dan will find time in his insanely busy schedule to come on the show later this year as well. Two games Friday night involving group of five teams. There should have been three, but Marshall versus Florida International was postponed due to COVID-19 issues on the Panthers side. The herd has had a terrible time with getting games in. Remember after their win over App State, Marshall had to wait nearly a month before meeting Western Kentucky. Hurt is 5-0 and and now hope to play again next week against UMass. That will get ugly in a hurry. Just three scheduled games left for Marshall right now. 
then they'll have a couple of weeks to hopefully get some makeups in. CUSA championship is scheduled for December 18th. The two that are still a go for Friday, East Carolina at Tulsa, 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ESPN2, and Hawaii at Wyoming, 9.45 Eastern, 7.45 Mountain, 3.45 Hawaiian on Fox Sports 1. Now for our Saturday picks, we do one from each of the active group of five leagues. And for this segment, I bring in my analyst, four-and-a-half-year-old Austin, and he will give us his selection for each of these games. Starting off in the American, of course, it is Memphis at Cincinnati. Austin, who's going to win, Memphis or Cincinnati? I think Memphis. Memphis, really going to pull the upset. Why do you think Memphis is going to win? I don't know. Okay, well, that's all right. Noon Eastern, 11 Central, Saturday on ESPN. Also in the early time slot over on ESPNU, it's the Sun Belt game to watch. Undefeated and 20th ranked Coastal Carolina at Georgia State. So Austin, Coastal Carolina or Georgia State? Georgia State. Another upset pick. That's That would be a big shocker for the Chanticleers. Why do you think Georgia State's going to win? No. <laughs> Chanticleers are only two and a half point favorites actually in Atlanta. So as far as the odds makers are concerned, not a huge upset. Uh, in Conference USA, upset opportunity for Charlotte. The 49ers visit one and five Duke. Austin, Charlotte or Duke? Yeah, okay, fine. 7 Eastern time Saturday. That is an ACC syndicated game. So check your regional sports network for us here in Dallas. That would be Fox Sports Southwest, but uh, just depends where you are. Check that RSN or you can stream it. It'll be on Fox Sports Go in ACC markets and ESPN3 everywhere else. Mountain West, 1-0 San Diego State at 0-1 Utah State. Austin, San Diego State or Utah State? Utah State? Upsets all over the place on Austin's board. The Aztecs destroyed UNLV. Aggies lost big to Boise. 7.30 Mountain, 6.30 Pacific on CBS Sports Network. Next week, the group of five will finally have all of its conferences active. The MAC will be back. Six games, all of them on Wednesday. Do you want to sing the Group of Five live theme song? Group of Five Live. Group of Five Live. Group of Five Live. Group of Five 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 Five. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Group of Five Live is part of the Landry Football Network. Be sure to subscribe to Landry Football's conference call wherever you get podcasts and bookmark LandryFootball.com. Anything else you want to say? How are you doing? I love you. Goodbye. Don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offer from American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state. 
sign up, and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.